Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Hey there, lead producer Mallory Falk here. It's election day, so if you haven't already, please go vote. And if you're not sure where your polling place is, check out the link in our show notes. You'll also find a recent episode where we talk about who and what is on your ballot. Okay, on to today's episode. We hope it's a fun distraction while you wait for the election results to roll in. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. I've mentioned this on the show recently. It is my 10-year anniversary in Pittsburgh. And to mark the occasion, I decided to give myself a few little challenges. One of them is to learn how to say one sentence in a convincing Pittsburgh accent. Yes, I do drop yins and nebby into casual conversation, but getting the real deal pronunciation correct, sounding like a natural, that still feels well beyond my ability. So today I am sitting down with a dialect coach to see if that can change. It's Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. Don Wadsworth is an actor, voice coach, and speech teacher. He's here with me in studio. He's a professor emeritus at CMU's School of Drama, and maybe most importantly, you are a born and bred Pittsburgher. Welcome to CityCast. Thank you very much. Uh, that's that's quite true. I've uh, <laughs> been able to have a life in Pittsburgh, um, even though I've worked out of town a lot. Can you explain to me maybe the difference between accent and dialect? Um, I'd always heard it called a Pittsburgh accent, but I learned through the process of getting ready for this, um, lead producer Mallory Falk discovered that it is not, in fact, an accent. It's a dialect. It depends on who you ask. Really? <laughs> yes, because even the dictionary definitions get it a little confused. Is it by and, nationality? By Well, here's how history? I look at it. As a person who does this for a living, this is the way I look at it. You're the expert uh, in the uh, room, no well, doubt. Well, no, no, but I'm saying other people have different ideas. <laughs> so to me, a dialect is a regionalism. Okay. Okay, so it's some brand of the way one naturally speaks. So for Americans, for most Americans, you're saying British and American sounds are dialects. So Brooklyn for us is a dialect. Okay. South Carolina is a dialect. Most of these are because of geography. Mm -hmm. Whereas an accent is a person who is making a transition from the way they normally speak into another language, like in English, for example. So we call um, German, Italian, French, and a zillion other languages accents. Okay. But... People use them interchangeably. Sometimes I do, too. Um, but technically speaking, and nobody cares if it's technically right or not, <laughs> but technically speaking, Pittsburgh would be a dialect not unlike uh, Houston or Michigan. 
Okay. What is the first thing that you tell students about that Pittsburgh dialect when you first get started with someone? The way that I go about this, let me just spend a second on this, Yeah, is that you do some, you do some dissecting of what the sounds are, okay? And you say, what most people, the way most people would pronounce the following words is this, spot, dog, hot, coffee. But where you hear some strong Pittsburgh dialects, you'll hear this, spot, dog, coffee, you know? The aw sound. The aw sound. So where n- people normally would have kind of a bright vowel in there, hot. It's kind of a bright sound, hot. <clears throat> when we go to the Pittsburgh dialect, we go, hot. It's very hot outside. Very <laughs> hot. We start there. And even if you only did that, you would have a good start on this. How important is rhythm, too? Yeah. Because one of the first things I noticed upon moving here is the kind of the up speak at the end of a sentence. Exactly right. Like, exactly right. You know, what are you getting at the store? Like, there's always oh. that that extra emphasis right at the end. I bet that some of that has to do with our Irish background in there. Because an Irishman often has a bit of a lift at the end of the sentence, you know, and it has that lift to it. And so um, so Pittsburghers have something like that left from like 120 years ago <laughs> where they'll say, um, I'm going downtown. Has like a question put up? Uh, pat, pat, yeah, question good. mark. That's a good way to put it. it. Sounds like a question. And so did, so did Irish people even today. Now, that's a pretty strong version of a Pittsburgh dialect. So um, if... If it was getting too cartoonish, maybe we'd get that out of the way. But we would keep things like, a major thing, of course, is the owl sound like crowd, house, down, like that. And so anytime I need something authentic, I'll find it on YouTube, like a real person who, has, who really owns that dialect. Doing some homework on a real Pittsburgh dialect in which you weren't making fun of it and you weren't exaggerating it involves political leaders, you know, we had Sophie Masloff in our city for quite a while, who had a very strong dialect. Indeed. Um, former mayor of Pittsburgh, the only ma- female mayor still to this day. That's right. And, like, it was astonishing to hear her speak. Let me say, it is a great personal honor to be the mayor of this city. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support. Uh, Bill Cower. You know? Yep, former coach of the Steelers. Absolutely. You know, as a coach, you ask people to trust. And what is trust? Trust is something as a coach you have to earn. Trust is unconditional, but trust can be powerful. And quite a number of people who had sort of prestigious jobs. And so it wasn't about like a social class thing. It was just about the, um, the common sense of where... Uh, people learn to speak and how much they wanted to kind of hold on to that. So you can still hear, hear, hear Bill Cower. I mean, he's still... Oh, says, yeah. And well, every Sunday on um, ESPN. Ab- absolutely. And you, can <laughs> still, Sports. and you can still hear him say crowd when he means crowd. Every yeah. single time. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. 
Eat Gourmet Snacks People Watch will mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Well, I think, I think that I'm ready to to study with you as well. Do you think you can give me some particulars on maybe getting a phrase or two correct? Sure. Absolutely. Let's see how, how bad I can mess this up. Or not. <laughs> so I brought you a classic phrase. Don brought props. I brought a phrase, a phrase that lots of folks might know and would never, ever under any circumstances be done with his dialect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, it's Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare. <laughs> so we could have fun with it. So um, if we were going to speak in a very particular way with this, um, I'm preparing some high British stuff now for a play I'm about to do. We would say, speak the speech, I pray you, as I pronounce it to you, trippingly on the tongue. Very forward, very, very clean, right? Very Sir Ian McKellen. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. <laughs> um, and just a few blocks away from where that person lives, you will hear a working class English accent. Speak the speech, I pray you, is I'll pronounce it to you. Tripling on the tongue, you know? Very different thing altogether. Yeah. It goes in a different place in your voice, has a different rhythm, as you mentioned. There's um, something about listening to accents and dialects like this that tickles the brain in a really fun way. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's a fun job, believe me. I, I'm amazed <laughs> that I got this job. But... Pittsburgh, different story. Yes. Okay. So we don't have too much to do in the very first words. Okay. But most people outside of the U.S. have a hard time with a th sound. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it seems so rude. Rude. Because you have to stick your tongue out to say the, and people go, oh, it's a little gross. So for example, <laughs> so for example, the French will always say fazer, mazer. They're not going to do that TH sound. Okay. okay. So we go, speak a speech, speak a speech. Speak to speech. Speak a Or well, you can put a little D in this, speak to speak a speech. I'm trying to get it to be muddy, actually. Speak to speech. Something like that. Okay. okay. I think well, I'm taking it too literally. That's okay. That's right. Then you go, I prayins. I pray in. I pray in. Yeah. I pray in. You can't be that you can't be that protective of it though. You have to like <laughs> throw it away. Okay. So it goes, speak to speech, I pray in. <laughs> speak to speech, I pray in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll get that. I know, I, I did a downturn too, which also feels weird as soon as I say it. Then we go, as I pronounced it, as I pronounced it, which is quite ironic little joke there. Yeah. So as you I go, pronounced it. As I pronounced it. As I pronounced it. Yeah, it's a very basic idea. I'm giving you some directions. Take my directions. As I pronounced it. As I pronounced it. Yeah. As I pronounced it, Tians. As I pronounced it, Tians. I feel like adding a hand motion makes this feel more adorable. Feel free. 
If it makes it work, it's fine. <laughs> Finding myself copying your body language, Let's too. <laughs> do whatever you like. So as I pronounce it to you, it's trippingly on the tongue. Trippingly on the tongue. Anna. Anna. Anna tongue. Trippingly on the tongue. <laughs> Trippin, uh, trippingly. We're going to say tripping. Trippingly. Trippingly. Trippingly on a tongue. That ing thing. It's way too much work. Trippingly on a tongue. Yeah. Now that Anna, bury it. Okay. Bury it. Yeah. So it's on a tongue. On a tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Very good on your on. Okay. That's exactly right on the on. Okay. Right. Now. <laughs> got one. That good. Good job. We got one word out of that. That's good. So <laughs> on, the T on tongue is what we call dentalize. Okay. We go ta ta ta. So your teeth come down on your tongue actually. Oh. On a tongue. Trippingly on a tongue. Trippingly on a tongue. Tongue, tongue, tongue. tongue. Yeah. Okay. It, it, we're trying to make it sound a little dull, actually. Here we go. It's a major operation. I can I see it. I can see it in your face. Trippingly on a tongue. You're getting there. You're okay. Getting there. Here's the whole deal. Okay. Okay. Speak the speech. I pray in as I pronounce the tillions. Trippingly on a tongue. Speak the speech. I sp- Speak to speech at Brayens as I pronounced it to Yins, trippingly on a tongue. See why what people go, what is this dialect that you're teaching me? What is this? It's so unusual. Is this like, a real example you give to people with no, Shakespeare? <laughs> no. I'm just doing this to make a fool out of you. That's yeah, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought we would start with something that people know. And also, I wanted to find an owl word in the mm-hmm. line. So pronounced. I thought was ironic. Pronounced, yeah. Helpful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's a real phrase that you give people when they're starting out? I don't usually do that with phrases. No, you just uh, like. Do you just work with the we script? Start as it's with written? the script, yeah. yeah. But I would say, you know, there are things that will come up. Like even the name of the city can be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh yeah. with a K. Yeah. Or Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. yeah. Familiar with that one? Yeah. Right. Um, you don't live on the north side or the south side. You live on north side. Mm-hmm. North side. Again, that's we don't want to say our THs. Okay, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting rid of anything that we can let go of, you know, be sloppy or take a shortcut. Um, if you say, if you, if you don't believe something and you want to prod somebody to go further with it, you go, nah. Uh, another way of expressing something that you don't believe, you go, get out. Yeah. That can't be true. Red, yellow, blue, they're colors. Colors. They're not colors. Like the rest of the world says, yeah. What color? What color is your is your hair? What color are you using? So there's there's a lot of um, of that kind of work that people are very comfortable with, especially when people uh, share that accent uh, together, that dialect with them. Have you ever taught Pittsburghers how to speak with this? You know, what is kind of a native dialect, but maybe they just they grew up in the era of television or felt like they needed to shed it to leave town and be taken seriously. Well, here's the thing: like, you don't normally teach this dialect; it doesn't come up very much. It's remarkable that I have had. Come on, Hollywood, any... bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, They're just we just don't have those stories. Now, I think we could name about ten or twelve films that are set in Pittsburgh. But um, even them, even they didn't uh, use the dialect always. Um, we used it in um, this Tom Hulse Ray Liotta film called Dominic and Eugene because it was very much uh, about a working class environment. And we name the city quite a lot. It doesn't happen in, in Flashdance except for maybe one or two characters. The biggest uh, kind of adventure uh, professionally for me was Warrior with, with Tom Hardy. Um, and it did take place in Pittsburgh. You saw Pittsburgh, but 
um, my job in, in that particular film was to make Tom sound like an American, period, because he's so very, very English. He's got the working class kind of personality, but we had to take all that sort of East End London out of him. <laughs> so going one step further and making it more Pittsburgh, nobody was interested. From in, East End London to Southside Pittsburgh. That's right. That's exactly what it was. That would be way too much. So the point of all this is sometimes we use it, sometimes we don't, where it seems to fit into the milieu of the of the world and the personality of the film that you're doing, then yes, we'll turn that on. Yeah. Don, this has been thoroughly embarrassing for me. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> you're very welcome. Glad to have done it. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please tell someone, rate us, leave us a nice review, and make sure you're subscribed to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. Trippingly, uh, Tug, I can't say the word trippingly. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Ironic that you're mixing, mix, messing that word up. Trippingly, trippingly. Trippingly on a tongue. Trippingly on a tongue. Okay, trippin', trippingly. Trippingly on a tongue.